Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We all have been basically monobombed our entire lives. Right. Whether you're poly or not, like everything that's set out for us, like movies, TV shows, songs, every perfect couple that's held up, mm -hmm. you know, politics or celebrities, anything, it's always a monogamous couple right yep. so unwiring that is right. it's hard yep. polybombing that is the topic for today we'll be talking about what it is what it is not and giving four practical tips in case you have just been polybombed thanks for joining us so let's start with talking about what polybombing is and essentially it is when you are in a relationship that has been monogamous and now one partner is coming to the other partner and telling them they don't want to be monogamous anymore. So essentially, they're coming out to their partner. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes it's received as, as deceit, like mm -hmm. they've been hiding it all this time. But I'm not going to say that never happens. But in this case, polybombing is not referring to that. This is like the poly... The person who is polyamorous or wants to explore polyamory has just discovered something about themselves mm -hmm. that they now are sharing with you. So right. that that is what it is. What polybombing is not is it is not a literal bomb. I know if you have just been polybombed, it probably feels like it. As someone who has been in that boat, I, I know at times it felt like it, but I promise you nothing has actually been destroyed. So let's talk about the options for the polybomby. Say you were just polybombed. Uh, what are your options? Obviously you can choose to just end the relationship. You just, right. Yeah, that's it. Right. I wouldn't be hasty about any decision, obviously, but it's your right. Yeah. I heard words of wisdom years ago that said, never make a decision that will impact the rest of your life on your worst day. Absolutely. So oh, good, if that, good advice. Yeah. yeah if today absolutely. is a really bad day for you, don't make any decisions that are going to. Absolutely. And affect. this is, I, I'm hoping this is not a decision that anybody would make in a day or even a week or two or even a month or two. This is something that needs to be thoughtfully considered. Depending on how much time you have in the relationship. Yeah. If you're yeah. considering oh, some yeah. marriage with the years, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about a long term relationship here. Yes. If it's something that's been happening for, I don't know, like months or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. If you don't have a lot of history to, to build on, it might be a little bit harder to find a path forward. Right. And it wouldn't right. be such a big uh, bombing effect either. Right. It'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, well, that guy didn't work out or that girl didn't work out. But at the end of the day, there are just some people who cannot be okay with being in an open relationship. Right. And there are some poly people that once they know, once they find out that they're poly, that they can't be happy with not embracing that part of themselves. That's so right. If, if you find yourself in a situation where you both fall into those extreme camps, then it might be. It forces the poly bobber to have to make a decision. Do I want to stay in this relationship as a monogamous partner or right. do I want to just keep being monogamous and 
deny who I am. Exactly. So, right. And there are people that do that. I've met people that do that. But in reality, like realistically, once the cat's out of the bag, you cannot put the cat back in the bag. Yeah. Things have changed. Yes. 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 Everything's changed. You yeah. will always know that your partner has those desires mm-hmm. and yeah. that they are not completely fulfilled with you. And that would lead us in, I think, to the second option that you have is to give them an ultimatum or the person, I'm sorry, not him, <laughs> put a gender on it, but the poly bomb or yeah. uh, an ultimatum. Like you could stay with me and be monogamous in this relationship or, uh, you know, we need to separate. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then at that point, it, I guess so the, the ball would be in the poly bombers court to decide if right. they can, if, if they can do that. If they can forsake their poly polyamorous nature or not. And I, I definitely am not taking any sides on this. Uh, non-monogamy is not for everyone. Think about it. Make a good choice. And I don't know, be ready for change. Change, and even though it's painful, it's beautiful. It helps you grow as an individual and as a couple. Yes. Change is a part of life, no mm-hmm. matter what. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. The yeah. only thing that's constant is change. How cliche yeah. is that? But yeah. it, it's cliche because it's true. So one, one thing I say a lot, and I have to even say it to myself as a reminder, is like even when we're having, if there's is a hard time, it's like it's hard to be monogamous too. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, you're always going through something. Exactly. So don't think that uh, monogamy is easy. No. You know, relationships not, not, are work no matter what. Right. Any relationship done it. right, the fulfilling relationship, regardless of its uh, monogamous or non-monogamous uh, uh, element, it's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. Any relationship worth having is going to require work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the last option would be to accept the work that it's going to take to move forward together. And I would say if that's the path that you really want, if you truly do both still love each other and want to stay in each other's lives in a meaningful way, then you really have to both commit like 110% to giving everything that you have every single day. And some days that will mean that one of you maybe can only give 10% of what you were able to give yesterday. And the other might have to try to step up their game and, you know, meet there to strengthen the other person. But if you both work together and you both stay committed and give each other the the time to really make this adjustment, it's absolutely possible. And the journey is arduous sometimes, but beautiful. And the growth, Mm -hmm. like we've been talking about, like the personal growth that that comes out of it. And then the relational growth, like Josh and I always had a really good relationship but it was like very peaceful and I, and there's a lot of times, you know, maybe even years where I didn't really grow that substantially, at least not in our relationship. Um, but in the last few years, since we've been in, you know, in an open relationship, like just our roots are so much deeper now than they ever even could have been if we had stayed monogamous. Yes. And if you're going to uh, stay with the partner, if that's the choice you make, then there, you're going to have to decide what you're going to do next. And there are a lot of different types of non-monogamy and polyamory to choose from. And you need to discuss this with the partner and decide what would work for you both. Mm-hmm. And we do have a video on six types of non-monogamy. Um, it would be a good resource. Um, and it describes in detail some of the different terminologies of what they mean. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's something you guys are going to have to do. Yeah, and reach out. We're here for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to address why 
first of all, why this term is so aggressive, like polybombing, and why it's such a, an earth-shattering experience. And it, mostly it's because we are born and raised to um, create, to have this desire to create this perfect partnership with another person. And this partnership means that it's just you and them. They're your everything. We talked about this in multiple other uh, episodes before this. And um, it's, uh, it's all based on sexual exclusivity. And if any of that uh, deviates from, from this norm, then everything is, like, is destroyed for us. We think we failed. We think everything we built was uh, built upon a lie. Uh, we think we're no longer um, uh, valuable or uh, valued to this uh, this other person, to our partner. So it feels like your whole world is spinning, like mm -hmm. your entire foundation is cracked and you just don't know what to do. And the the reality is that we put so much importance, first of all, on, on sex, on sexual exclusivity. We uh, gave it, in my opinion, we give it, we give it too much importance. We associate it with love, commitment, everything, like it has to come as a whole. And uh, once we manage to unwire that mentality, the whole idea of your partner having another partner, I think it's a little easier to grasp. Uh, I think a lot of people have that, that, they start to think about that first. I don't know, do you guys agree that it comes, it's first they're like, oh, so you're going to have sex with somebody else? Because they don't even think about all the other implications of being polyamorous i don't know for me like, yeah how was it for you for me it was much easier to wrap my mind around the sex part than the relational part oh right because you guys were already non-monogamous we were yeah and i think if he had come to me and we had been monogamous mm -hmm. right up how... until that point i think it would have been received very differently, differently like, right yeah mm -hmm. so i had already let go of that sexual exclusivity um but still letting go of that relational exclusivity was it right. was a lot the it's very difficult yeah right right because i think for someone who is uh completely monogamous that first moment would be like what do you want to have sex with somebody else like i'm not your one and only because i see that all the time how people are so uncomfortable when they're attached they're so uncomfortable to be friendly with the opposite sex when i'm talking heterosexual people because for some reason every uh, uh conversation becomes more too much like you have to be very uh cold with another woman if you're a married man or the other way around mm -hmm. right so that for sure like why did you look at that girl why did you look at that guy like this jealousy this 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 um uh, like mine kind of thing you know like don't don't look outside. It's like, that's, first of all, that's unnatural because there's, it's impossible that people don't have urges and they don't look at something that's sexy or beautiful. And second of all, it doesn't have anything to do with love, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So uh, for some reason, and it's probably a religious backing, a religious uh, 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 belief that sex has to be absolutely exclusive. And if you do not desire to have sex only with your spouse, then you're cheating. There's mm. something wrong with you. You don't love them. And then you're not being the, pro the partner that they, they think you are. I read a study once. I, I wish I could quote it back or find a you know a link to it or something to post. But for my recollection of it was, it was talking about the different sexes and cheating. 
and it was talking about the importance, like for a man that, you know, the numbers came back after they pulled all these people for a man, it was worse if their wife had cheated, if, uh, cause of the sex, but they wouldn't care if their wife had cheated with an emotional affair. They were talking about emotional affairs they versus sexual care. affairs where it was the, it was a complete opposite for the mm-hmm. women. They were like, if they found out that their husband had had an emotional affair, like was in love with this woman. It's, it was like, it was far worse. It was far worse. Yeah. But it was like, Oh, you, you just had sex with her, but you don't love her. It's like, Oh, that's, you know, we can get over that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it varies a lot from one person to another too. Like for me, right. For, for me personally, sex is very relational and it's very personal and I'm not one that can disconnect that really. Um, and, I, but I know that's not, that way for for everybody, a lot of people yeah everybody's different yeah. they're all wired different and uh you know that's just a it was a study over a lot of people yeah you know, as a average yeah so i think just recognizing that we're all wired differently i know that in our throuple we uh each of us has had uh different experiences with polybombing mm-hmm. uh i've had both i polybombed and kind of been polybombed and Shar has definitely been polybombed and maybe you polybombed some a little bit. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. sort of. Yes. And Josh, definitely he was the poly bomber. I know that for a fact. Yes. So we are going to um, to come at you with, from different perspectives. And from a female perspective, from a male perspective, from all kinds of angles. It's going to yes. be very, very good for anyone who's going to listen. I'm pretty sure you guys are going to find something that's going to resonate with you. So uh, let's start with Shar. She has been in the situation where she's been polybombed. So basically... At some point in their relationship, uh, Josh has found out that he is polyamorous and he has decided to come out to her. And how did that feel? Like, give us a little bit of a a context. So the context was we already were in a non-monogamous relationship. We started out monogamous for the first 14 years and then had opened up. But when we initially opened up, it was strictly no you know no strings attached um we only dated together and then eventually it kind of turned into it went from no strings attached to friends with benefits and then one of those friends with benefits became more and then at that same time we found out what polyamory is and as soon as Josh heard about polyamory it was like right. like yes, a light switch was like moment. oh my gosh like I've been this my entire life right so that yeah that's where where we're talking about like this is it wasn't a matter of him deceiving me up until this point it was right he didn't know himself he just found out exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so there's there's definitely you didn't feel like you were entrapped in any way like that uh, because i i see it like if somebody would do this to me if I wouldn't have any experience with it before, I would think, oh, my God, our entire relationship has been a lie. You've been de- deceiving me. But for you, you know for a fact that Josh didn't know that. Yes, it absolutely. It was completely, like, organic. Yeah, it, it definitely was completely organic. And I knew, I think I kind of knew even before he told me, because I had heard about polyamory at the same time that he did. No and <clears throat> it thinking back on conversations that he and I had had even before we got married, where he was like wondering out loud to me, like why in the old Testament, why did they have more than one wife? Like, why is that not still a thing? And why am I supposed to commit to only one woman? Like, why Mm -hmm. can't, why can't I commit 
to more than one if that's what I want. So, and these were conversations we'd been having for 15 years prior right. to the quote unquote poly bombing. So when he came to me with this, I knew it wasn't right. It, it was not made up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and Josh, for you, uh, it was a surprise, right? When you found out it were, you were polyamorous. Uh, it wasn't so much a surprise. It was finding out that there was a word for it. Okay. It was like, I always felt it. So, I knew, like I talked about that. Put a word on yeah. Your... I found, you know, I, um, I talked about this in the first episode. Right. It's like I, once I heard there was this terminology and there was other people like me, the light bulb went off and I was like, I've always been polyamorous. I didn't know there was a word for it. I didn't know other people did it. I just thought. You know, I was this this weird person that was trying to adapt to a you know monogamous society. Same, same thing that happened to me with the non-monogamy. Like, there's a word, and there's a there's people do it. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of times, I hear people complaining about labels. Like, I don't need a label. Like, I am very comfortable with labels because many times you don't know where you fit in. We need labels in order to find out where we fit in. It's it's like a natural human experience. Yeah. Um, so I grew up very sheltered. So for me, it was right. like I was I just felt alien all the time that I you know, always thought things differently. You know, I felt a different way, basically. As I told her, we even before we got married, but it was like, but I still wanted to get married. But I didn't think there was any other, that's what you do. Like, you, you get married. You, everybody's monogamous. Right. Yeah. So. Like, sexually exclusive. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the progression of things in preparation for this episode, thinking about, like, Josh and I knew very quickly when we met that we wanted to spend our entire lives together. And to me... That meant marriage. Like I'm not gonna. You know, I was a virgin on our wedding night. Right. Like I wasn't. I wasn't gonna spend my life with somebody that I wasn't married to. And to both of us, marriage had to mean monogamy. We were raised very religious. We were you know, still identified as Christian at the time we got married. Uh, and so, having a relationship that was not monogamous never even entered our minds. So, Liv, you've been a poly bomber before. Why don't you tell us about it your experience? So bad. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, when I polybombed, uh, I was very nervous and I didn't know how to do it. And I was thinking, how do I start? How do you start? It, it took me months to, to, and it's, I still think I did a pretty bad job because first you have to understand that there's no way this can go absolutely peaceful and no feelings are going to get hurt. Feelings will get hurt. My feelings were hurt. Everybody's feelings were hurt. Like it was, it's, it's a traumatic and painful, uh, um, conversation to have because you know that the person you're going to tell to that you're polyamorous or non-monogamous are going to take it very, very personally at first. And, uh, I spent a lot of time reading, uh, books and I was trying to read, uh, to find articles and like scouring the internet. I couldn't find anything useful. I just ended up patching, uh, psychology articles together and they were telling you how to give bad news and how to deal with, uh, trauma or so mm -hmm. that's how I did it. And I still think I did a bad job and I'm pretty empathetic and, um, the whole experience was was hard for me. It was hard for my partner. Uh, and um, I don't envy anyone who has to do it. So it's not hard just for, for the one who is being polybond, but also for the one who has to do it because you care. 
for the people in your life, for the, that person. And you're, you don't want to hurt their feelings, mm -hmm. especially if you want to, you still love them and you want to continue the relationship. But at the same time, you have, you're, you owe it to yourself to, to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to try. You have to try to be happy the way you think you need to be happy. So it's a big conflict there. Yes. I think my story was very similar to yours too. It was just like, they just weighing on me for weeks. Once I figured out there was this terminology, I knew it was, I knew I had to tell Char, you know, I had to be honest about it and it was bothering me for a long time. And then we finally, I did, you know, just push myself to tell her, but I also told her, I was like, just because I'm polyamorous doesn't mean I have to pursue this. It was right. like, I, I told her, I was like, I could, I've been monogamous all this time. I could stay monogamous, but I had to at least tell her who I was. Didn't you tell her with a hope that she would be okay with it? Hoping that, or you just had to be honest or. I mean, of course it's like you want to, right. uh, and at the time I, you know, I'd already fallen in love with a woman. So it was like, if I had to break that off, it was going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. You'd already do that, but it was, but. Right. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I, I already made a commitment to her and I keep my commitments. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, and nothing had changed between us. I still loved her. It wasn't like right. everybody assumes, you know, and I think that was the most confusing part at the time for me was that I fallen in love with this woman. And, and uh, so I have to fall out of love with my wife, mm -hmm. but I didn't. Or actually our relationship was better than it had ever been at that mm -hmm. point. And I, I was like, it's so confusing. I'm feeling like this NRE right. with this woman, but it's all spilling over and I'm like having this great time with my wife. And I'm like, and I can't figure out what's going on. So it was, uh, it was a confusing time. Uh, right. Luckily, it ended pretty well. <laughs> it did. It, it was not. Uh, it was not easy all the time. I mean, it was a beautiful journey, but there was yeah. a lot of very difficult stuff that we both had to unwire and figure out. You know, it was very confusing for me at the time because I'm watching him fall in love with somebody, and before he came to me and said he was polyamorous, I was just so confused because I thought I was completely losing him. Like, I'm I'm seeing this friend with benefits who's clearly means something more than a friend and at the same time I thought that our relationship was so strong at the time so I'm like questioning my own sanity really a lot of the time yeah um so then after that it was like just I guess trying to make it all make sense figure out how it makes sense because what he was saying it I heard it but with all the social preconditions and everything that right. I had in my head it of what marriage sense. has to look like, what healthy relationships have to look like it. Yeah. It wasn't adding up. So it was just a matter of figuring out what was just, just in our lives because of also, what is it that you're standards. really feeling? What is it that you think you're supposed to be feeling? Cause right. everybody else is expecting you to feel that way. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I, I know. I see it. Yeah. A lot. I got to experience both sides of it because then later on, you know, Shark came to me and said that she wouldn't have a relationship with Liv. It's like, you think that would be easy since I'm Polly. And it was like, oh, I should just be, that should be understandable. But 
and I, I did the nod and smile. Oh, yeah, that's a great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that's good. Cool. But I had beads of sweat going down my, you know, side of my head, your chills head, on my back. Yeah, you know, like, what does this mean? Yeah. How is this going to work? How does and this I, change our relationship? Yeah. And all these, you know, these fears come out of nowhere, whether they have any place or not. Like, right. oh, that was a huge so, fear. Like, oh, what if they get it's along It's a natural better? reaction. Like, yeah. this is the best example because you know what it's like. You've done it. But mm-hmm. when you're on the other side, you still had the same reaction instead of saying oh yeah sure whatever you had the same fears Mm -hmm. because you're also brainwashed by society that you're supposed to be in a certain way like even if you don't want to this is something that it's really hard to get even even if you uh don't agree with uh sexual exclusivity or monogamy or whatever in in that in that area your mind is still set to do that you're gonna wake up uh, one day and be like, oh, is this wrong? Is this? Can I do this? And then the other day you'd be like, oh yeah, this is perfectly okay. I can do this. Well, for me, I never had. Any, there's no right or wrong, you know, because I was mm-hmm. probably myself. I was for me. There was like this fear of lack of resources. Like, right, that's what oh, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what if am I still going to get my needs met in this yeah. relationship? You know, and that and just our relationship changing, knowing the dynamics, right? Yeah. Would change. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like the fear of lack yeah. of resources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then even for me, like as we progressed there and Liv and I started to develop our own relationship, there were times that unintentionally Josh would experience things that I had felt at, you know, in the aftermath whatever of the polybombing, um, where I felt, um, inadequate and, you know, insufficient and, and then if when I saw him experiencing that, like it made me feel so awful because I'm like, I know so deeply and personally how bad that feels. It was like, oh my gosh. Like oh, it's funny, like for me, it did not do that. It actually made me feel validated that like I I I've actually don't think I've had fear of lack of resources, but I've had like uh um like the FOMO. Not a lot, but that was the the worst thing about our relationship. And when you had it too, I was like, oh, okay. So like that validated me in a sense that, like, mm. you know what? I'm not, I'm not weird. You know, I know you felt it and mm. I know, and, you know, you felt it. Mm-hmm. And what it made, it made me realize that it's so um, helpful to talk about it and so helpful to, um, acknowledge that if any of us at any point feels any negative feeling, it's not just yours. It's not just mine. Like uh, it's, it's a throuple issue that we all have to deal with and uh, telling someone, well, you feel that way. That's your problem. It's so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. We're all responsible uh, for our feelings, but also we're responsible to be kind with your negative feelings and keep space for them because they're natural. Yes. Yes. That actually segues perfectly into our first tip mm-hmm. um, for what to do. Yes. If you have been polybombed, observe your feelings. Don't don't deny them. Don't just push them away. Mm-hmm. But also, don't let yourself be sucked into them. Look at them, but remember, it's not all about you. If you're the polybomb e or the, you know, the right. person who's been polybombed. It's not all about you. If you're the person who's come out as poly, it's about both of you and finding a path forward. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that you both have very big feelings in all of this, but don't give in to guilt or shame or right. anger, resentment, feelings of inadequacy. 
um, maybe go back and watch um, our episode on fear of loss and replacement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, That'd be a good yep. resource. Yeah. Yep. Go I include a card for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We just go really into depth on a lot of what we felt in the immediate um, right. aftermath and then the the progress right. afterwards, the progress. how we dealt with all of that. Right. So yeah, it, it's, it's about both of you finding a path forward, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever that looks like, you know, whether you decide to stay together or not, like it's, it's about both of you. Right. And if you, uh, acknowledging feelings is super important, but also making the distinction between, is this what I really feel or this is what I've been right wired to feel, or is this what I worry that my family will like, will feel. So therefore I have to feel it too. Exactly. A lot of people live their lives for other people. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time for society, for the neighbors, for mom and dad. This is your life. Make your own decisions. Your partner, your family. Mm -hmm. So do what works for you guys. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's actually another point. Um, So we'll make that point. Number two Mm -hmm. is throw the rule book out the window. Right. It is, it is about you and your partner and what works for you and your partner, because it doesn't matter what choice you are going to make. There is always going to be somebody that probably that you respect mm-hmm. and that you want to respect you and they're going to disagree. Yep. And if you're not, if you're trying to please everybody or even just one person that's not in this relationship, it's not going to work out well for you. It's going to cause a lot more pain and heartache than it needs to. So Throw that fucking rule book out the window. <laughs> That's true. And to help with that, uh, go back and watch our episode on wiring hardwired monogamy. Mm-hmm. That's a good resource for uh, figuring out how to do that. Yes, absolutely. And remember, like like I was saying earlier, on the, the poly bomb is not an actual bomb. Your foundation is still there. All the time you've spent together previously, like it's still there what brought you guys together in the first place that's still there so build on that like don't 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 disregard the future that you imagined for your relationship might have changed but like Shar said the history has not you always have all that history that you had in the relationship yeah you might have to reframe things but in fairness there's always things that are going to come up that force you to reframe what you thought your future would look like before maybe a job transfer an illness you know a sick family member, there's always going to be something that you didn't anticipate. Yeah. If you're in a relationship that has growth, there's going to be growing pains. It's yeah. like uh, that uh, quote, when you stop growing, you start dying. Exactly. Yes. And uh, one other thing to add, this is actually, if done right, this is actually going to bring you you and your partner closer together. You'll get to know this person deeper and better than you ever had before. It's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, another tip. I think we kind of touched on this earlier, but when you encounter resistance, Liv was touching on this before, um, stop and, and observe it, but don't necessarily let it stop you. Like figure out where that resistance is coming from. Um, is it coming from cultural norms? Is it coming from something, a natural way that you're wired that you just know, you know, you would be not being true to yourself if you compromise that. Um, so just stop and, uh, take a look at it and figure out how how to proceed and don't just be like oh this isn't working this is uncomfortable so i need to stop that's right yeah the hardest thing for me uh in non-monogamy in general 
has been uh, this clash that I could feel that I have in my head and in my heart between what, how I really feel and how I think I should feel. And it's been so hard to, to not only recognize it, but it's been hard to, to rewire my brain not to go for that instinctual, like, oh, I feel hurt because you said you like this other woman. Like instinctually, I'll go for that, but I wouldn't really feel that. So it's uh, been a rewiring on how to react to something that in reality didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I just thought I, it was supposed to bother me. Yeah. So I would just yeah. kind of go with it. It's like what we talked about that in our insecurity uh, mm-hmm. podcast where it's like you get that little feeling and it's like, you got to go investigate. Why am I right. feeling this way? Not just Why? like, oh, I'm feeling something. So Right. Is it me? Yeah. Is it yeah. what, what is it? Is it the society? Is it? Am I really upset because of that, or I'm actually scared for other reasons? Yeah. What were you saying uh, recently? The you're never upset. Yeah, you're you're never upset for the reason that you think you're upset. Like yeah. never, always question it. Yeah, and keep in mind that we all have been basically monobombed our entire lives, right? Whether you're poly or not, like everything that's set out for us, like movies, TV shows, songs. Every perfect couple that's held up, mm-hmm. you know, in politics or celebrities, anything, it's always a monogamous couple. Right. Yep. So unwiring that is, like, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. It's and hard. It, it makes us feel crazy every single day until we finally realize that, like, it, there's other people. It, for me, it helped me a lot to find other people like me out there. Yeah. Because it's important. Yeah. It's hard to find, though. Uh, there's a lack of groups, but they do exist. Um, but yeah, most of movies, TV shows and everything, it's always portrayed. All the healthy relationships are monogamous. monogamous. And if they ever show portray anything other than that, it's this usually, relationship, fighting, yeah. Right, there's usually a lot of drama. And yeah. in the end, they're like, oh, you know what? I saw the right way. It's monogamy. I'm sorry. I've yeah. cared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it? There is a good movie. What's your uh, your favorite movie? Uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. There you go. There's a good yes. representation of a uh, of a thruple. Yeah. Yeah. And also you see the society, how it affected them negatively. And yeah, yeah that was yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Good it, it's not a perfect representation of how a thruple should work together, but they were doing the best they could with, with it's a realistic with what representation. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, for their time and place. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. If you talk about no resources, no internet. Yeah, no. and and it's a reminder, like, these are real people. Like, they were forced, like, I guarantee you, like, I don't want to spoil it any, but, like, there's, when resistance comes up from the culture that you're trying to live in, it's hard for everybody involved. They actually did really good considering they had no resources right. at that time. Yeah. They did better than most people I know that are polyamorous. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Yeah. And then the fourth and final point is educate yourself. Find as many resources as you can, whether they're podcasts or audiobooks or books, um, support groups like Josh was mentioning. Um, find people who are not going to be judgmental about whatever path you do choose forward. Like you might decide that you cannot do this path, but give it a give it a fair chance. Um, if you really love your partner still, you guys really love each other and you do want to find a path forward together, then do everything you can to make it work. Uh, I've heard, and I would say even from personal experience, it does take about a year and a half to two years before you really are on the other side. It's not that it takes that long to see even a glimpse of hope. You know, for me, that started coming within just a couple weeks um, of, you know, hope of the beautiful life that you can start to build 
um, with this new framework, but be patient with yourself and with each other. Again, stay away from those feelings of guilt and shame and resentment and all that. Um, and yeah, find resources and lean on each other. Um, when you feel like pulling away, lean in and, uh, stay strong and it'll, it'll be worth it in the end. Uh, and some good resources. Esther Prell is a good resource, um, on YouTube, um, Teal Swan. She's got a video on polyamory. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very good. Um, Poly Secure by Jessica Fern. Um, she has a new one, Poly Wise. I have not read that one yet, but and she's very good. She's polyamorous herself and an author and um, and an attachment uh, expert. So it's very interesting. That's a very good resource because making this transition successfully, you usually have to do a lot of dismantling the attachments that you had in right. place, uh, the attachment styles, and you have to find new ones. But those new attachments are much stronger, more stable uh, than than the previous ones. Yes. Yeah, and also it involves a lot of uh, introspection. It's going to bring out a lot of skeletons that you have hidden very well in your closet. I'm talking from experience, and sometimes you're not even going to know what it is that's hiding. So I definitely recommend uh, um, meditation and a lot of introspective work. And it's going to be in the end, it's actually for you. It's don't do it for your partner, do it for yourself. Because when you're going to find what is, what it is that makes you uncomfortable with this, you're going to be far happier. Yeah. Yes. You're probably tired of hearing it if you've been looking at resources, but you're going to hear over and over again. It takes a lot of communication. And that is 100% true. Healthy communication. Healthy communication. (laughs) Not yelling and screaming, but yes. Definitely teamwork. Yes. So a lot of... Um, a lot of late night talks, mm-hmm. figuring out what you want and how we can do this. And, but in the end, it's worth it. And there's a lot of growth that happens in, in that too. So, yes, absolutely. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for helping to normalize alternative relationship structures by liking, subscribing, and sharing with people just like yourselves. If you found this episode helpful, please comment below. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 And the fourth and final, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The fourth and no, final, I'm right? sorry. The fourth and final point, uh, the slag. Mm-hmm. <laughs>